0: Welcome to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus. One of the ways we do that is through the preaching of God's Word, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's this week's message Morning, everyone. Morning, how are you guys doing? Doing well, man. It is good to have you uh, today. Real quick, I uh, want to celebrate something, man. Last weekend, uh, as we talk about being all in for the mission, uh, we exist to connect people to Jesus. And so last weekend was an amazing weekend. Uh, we saw five people baptized right out front. Can we just give God a hand and say thank you uh, for what He's doing, man? Uh, Well, my name is Buck and I have the honor and the privilege of serving uh, as a lead pastor here at Connection Church. I wanna let you guys know, I saw many of you first time guests, man. I just wanna say welcome. I hope you've enjoyed it uh, so far. Next Sunday, I wanna invite everyone uh, to our fall fellowship picnic. And so um, if you wanna learn a little bit more, get connected, uh, your kids have a great time. We're gonna be right back here uh, at um, the farmer's market Uh, doing some chili, uh, having some things for the kids. And so we want to encourage you to be there. That'll be at 5.30 uh, next Sunday night. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. But today uh, we start a new series, uh, as you've seen, called Heart and Soul. And so today, if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open those. Uh, We'll be in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14, 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14. And so if you're new here today, you may be wondering, uh, well, what does Heart and Soul mean? Mean, right? And so, heart and soul uh, is the title we give uh, for our members here at Connection. And so, um, we have never really been uh, crazy about that word member, right? Like, uh, I think about like a country club or maybe a a member at a hunting club, which I'm looking to get into. If anybody knows the download, let me know, right? Uh, But I, I think about member as sort of exclusivity. And so what we talk about is we call members uh, heart and soul. And so what this series is all about is what does it mean uh, to be heart and soul? And so today we open that up. Uh, in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 14. But before we get started, man, I want to give uh, a brief history of kind of how we've got here. If you're new, man, you're like, okay, well, uh, I'm kind of getting my bearings down. Uh, they're they're meeting in a theater. This this does not look like normal church, amen. Uh, they, they're renting spaces, they're doing kids space. And so maybe you're wondering, what are some of the roots uh, of this church? Well, um, about 12 years ago, There was a man by the name of Brandon Williams uh, who God clearly gave a vision um, that that there should be a new church starting. And that this church uh, would be laser focused on Jesus, uh, connecting people to Jesus and each other. Uh, In in a world, in a culture where where church can be very uh, religious, um, it can be very exclusive, right? Um, He wanted to start a movement Uh, that that would be very much just focused on Jesus, very clear, very simple. And so um, that movement began with seven people, a pot of chili, and a passionate vision about Jesus. right? And so from there, this movement, this idea of being heart and soul together uh, began to move. In fact, it moved into a rental facility in Statesboro with primarily a group of college students. And man, it may have looked small, but man, I'm telling you, uh, God was at work in this movement. And it began to grow. And then it began to move into a big auditorium. It rented into an auditorium and people uh, started being connected to Christ and it began to grow. And this movement uh, grew uh, into nearly 2,000 weekly attenders hearing about the good news uh, of Jesus. Man, I'm so fired up about knocking my Bible down. Listen. And so from there, that movement uh, began to go out of Statesboro, and it began to be planted uh, into cities, right? And so uh, I'm originally from Lyons, Vidalia area, and and this movement, uh, a band by the name of Billy Shiver, moved into this community. And I want to tell you, I was in a living room with 12 people, and he began to cast this same vision of we're going to be heart and soul together. And I'm telling you, we're going to preach about Jesus unapologetically. We're not going to hold anything back. We're going to share the good news of Jesus. And we're going to change this community. And I want to tell you something, okay? And I'm from that city. I saw a church formed with people that if you'd have asked me, I said, there's no way there'll be a church. And I began to watch my community be transformed and changed. And that, that it was a church that was truly about Jesus, Carpet color didn't matter, man. We had a mission. And then I'm telling you, people were getting saved and and baptized and friends that I I used to tear the streets up were saying yes to Christ. And as I was enjoying this movement in Vidalia, God clearly told Carly and I, he said, okay, now it's time for you to move and advance this movement. And so five years ago, um, this movement began right here in this city. Right, with this same heartbeat, this same. We're gonna be heart and soul with Christ. We're gonna be heart and soul uh, with with connecting people to Jesus and sharing this movement. And that started five years ago. And I just wanna tell you, by the grace of God, 150 individuals have said yes to Christ and been baptized in this movement right here in this city. And we can say thank you to God for this movement. And so I bring it all back to what does it mean to be heart and soul? You're telling me about this movement what does it look like? Let's read together. 1 Samuel 14, starting in verse one, is what it says. It says, one day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go. I want you to highlight that. Come, let's go. Highlight, let's go, okay? Over to the Philistine outpost on the other side, but he did not tell his father. So real quick, um, uh, Jonathan, okay, is the son of King Saul, the leader of God's people, you can see um, when I refer to, to, to Jonathan and the armor bearer, these are God's people. God is on their side, okay? And he's telling them, let's go to the Philistine outpost. The Philistines are the enemies of God, right? These are the people that are in opposition of God. And they are a fierce enemy uh, that is very strong, very powerful. And so he's saying, let's go and take their outposts, right? He's saying, let's go and take the enemy's military position. But he did not tell his father. Verse two, it says, Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree. Now this is the king. And he says he was staying. You might want to highlight that. He was staying under the pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom uh, was uh, Ahijah, I may butcher these names, forgive me, but uh, who was wearing ephod? He was a son of Ichabod, brother Ahitab, son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. So I wanna share something here, okay? So Saul is the king of Israel, and I want you to notice something here, okay? Jonathan and the armor bearer, if you can count good, man, how many people is that? That's two, Right? And they're moving. All right? Now, Saul, King Saul, has about 600 people and they're sitting. Now, we don't know why. It may be for good reasons that he's up under this pomegranate tree. Right, While the enemies of God are out here, he's staying and sitting under this pomegranate tree. So we don't know, but what I want to clue you guys in on, on the next chapter, uh, King Saul, instead of moving and going, when God tells him to go do something, we see him cower away in fear and he just decides to sit. He stays in place. Right? And so uh, we can kind of glean from this that, that Jonathan is moving, Saul is sitting, right? And then I want to let you know something else. Okay, so this name, Ichabod, right here, that word means, that name means the presence of God has left. So the company he's around, right? Um, we see this, this, these are descendants from um, Eli, that these were. Uh, This was a prophet who who could not control his sons. His sons were evil, they were against God. And so we see that he is with company that the Lord's hand's not on. And we see that Saul uh, later on does not move when God tells him to move. So we see Jonathan moving, we see Saul sitting and staying. And then we're gonna see in a couple chapters, the hand of God actually leaves Saul because he will not go. He will not go and obey, he will not move forward. Now verse four, it says on each side of the pass, that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outposts was a cliff. One was called Bozes and the other Cena. It says one cliff stood to the north of, toward Michmash and the other to the south toward Geba. Now verse six, I want everybody to lean in right here. It says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over the outpost to the, those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf in our behalf Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So he basically says, Hey, I don't know what's over this hill. You know, we see that there's a, a strategic military position where they've got to go up, they've got to take ground from the enemy. And he's basically saying, I don't know what's going to be there. I don't know how many is going to be there, but hey, let's go. And surely the Lord will act on our behalf. He's taken a step of faith. Now, this is what it means to be heart and soul. I want everybody to lean in. Now, this young armor bearer, definitely younger than Jonathan. He's a servant to Jonathan. He probably carries uh, his armor and does a lot of life with Jonathan. Listen to what he says in verse seven. He tells him, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said, go ahead. You wanna highlight this. I am with you, heart and soul. I am with you, heart and soul. No matter what's over that hill, no matter what it's gonna look like, I trust the Lord and I trust you, brother, let's go. I'm with you, heart and soul. And so the question I'm asking today is this, what does it mean to be heart and soul? And what I want you to take with you is this, heart and soul means joining a movement. Hear that again. Heart and soul means joining a movement, okay? And so when we see this, Man, we've got to see that God is with people who will take next steps. People that will say yes uh, to Him, and so I want to give you three uh, clear ideas from this passage today. The first is this: heart and soul means moving in faith. Heart and soul means moving in faith, right? So as we talked about, um, we see that Saul was sitting, the king who had people had the favor of God, sat in fear. Maybe afraid of, of, of maybe how it would turn out or he just didn't know, but he's just sitting in fear. But then we see Jonathan moving uh, against the enemy. And so again, we see that God's enemies are the Philistines. That is God's uh, chief enemy, okay? And, and notice this, man. They don't know how many is going to be over the hill. They don't know what it's going to look like. Listen, I want you to take this with you. They didn't know what they were going to be up against, but they knew who they were for. Hear that one more time. They didn't know what they were up against, but they knew who they were for and maybe more importantly, who was for them. Who was for them, who was on their side. So they began to move. Jonathan had faith, that God could deliver. Listen, um, Jonathan is not a dude that is super jacked, doesn't have a big army, not a great military leader. No, it's not that he's faithful in his own ability. He doesn't think he and this armor bearer can take the heel. What does he say? Surely the Lord will act on my behalf. And that, my friends, is faith. That's a measure of faith. It's not how well he's gonna do. It was a scary step. And listen, man, if you've ever been prompted to take steps of faith, Maybe you've been called in a service and you know God's calling you to come to faith in Christ. It's scary to say yes. Man, it's scary to go to small group for the first time. Man, it's scary to come to church when you've been living in sin for forever. Man, that's a scary step. Every every one of those steps are scary. And see, this step, man, super scary. But listen, he came at it with the right heart and the right motive and God honored their faith. And I wanna tell you the same thing. When God prompts you to take steps of faith, his hand will be on you, man, that God honors faith. And what I wanna let you to know, and and if y'all can't tell, man, I'm I'm passionate about Christ. I'm passionate about this city coming to know Christ. I'm passionate about multiplying this and this movement continuing. And I think what holds this movement back is our lack of faith. Now listen to what I wanna tell you about faith, okay? What's killing our faith isn't bad activity, it's inactivity, Hear that again. What's killing our faith is not bad activity, it's inactivity, right? It's not so much, man, I I don't think the, the chief cause is like, man, I'm going out and doing a lot of terrible things. We're just not doing anything with our faith. And we see that, man, God wants us to move. And I heard a great quote this week. If you want God to lead your life, he can't steer a parked car, here again, God can't steer a parked car. Faith requires feet. And when God begins to move in our life, he wants us to move into what he's calling us to do. And that looks different for everybody in the room, but we have one Jesus, we have one spirit, and he calls us to move, amen? Can we agree with that? Let's go. So the Bible tells us that we walk by faith, not by sight. This is 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith, not by sight, that means if you want to see all the things in front of you, man, it's gonna be a difficult journey because God didn't design it that way. He says for us to walk by faith. And what I know about walking is this, it requires movement. Yes, I, I used to be a competitor. I used to be an athlete. Uh, there is nothing I uh, greatly despise more is walking and running, amen? Uh, if you're like me, I, I didn't like that stuff, but walking requires uh, some action, some movement. And the Bible tells us something else about faith. It says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so there's an inability to, to do right by God and not move in faith. It's an impossibility. And if we're not walking in faith, we are not pleasing God. You remember I talked about this movement, um, heart and soul, what does it mean, right? Uh, it's a group of people banded together, they're all about Jesus and all about furthering his kingdom, right? We've kind of established this. But let me tell you about this movement. You know, it doesn't just poof, come out of the sky, and then this, this people gather together around the, name, or gather around the name of Jesus. No, it's about a group of people who are intentionally taking next steps. Right, man, I, I remember when, when God said, I want you to go here and start. All that was there was a... $25,000 check, hey, good luck, right? Three families. And man, it was financially risky, right? It was, it was risky, like what if this doesn't work out, right? What, what, if, what if no one comes? What if no one meets Jesus? What what if, what if, what if? And that it was never safe, it was uncomfortable, but we were clinging to the fact that God was calling us to something and he had called us to take a step of faith and I want you to know that that movement uh, began with 12 people that just said yes to a vision when there was nothing here there was nothing here there was a a simple message of the gospel and that God was going to move in this city and did you know that there were many times and those that were there in those early days we spent time on our knees praying for this city we spent time praying for people that we had not even met yet We were praying for people far from God that they would come to faith in Christ and that it was risky. I'll never forget the day the the theater called and and gave us a rate that was crazy to get started. They said, hey man, we believe in you guys. You wanna be here. I just wept, right? Because that's what God does when we step in faith. His faithfulness meets our fate to accomplish his purposes in the world. And don't let me tell you that God can't use you because he can. He doesn't need your best ability. He needs your yes on the table. Right When we give him his yes, he's going to give us his best. He's going to show us what's happening. And this movement has meant people surrendering to Christ. This movement has meant people embracing their spiritual gifts. This movement has meant people planting connect groups when they were scared to death. This movement has meant people opening up their homes for people to come in and hear the gospel even when it was uncomfortable. This movement has meant people serving and getting uncomfortable so that we, God could move, right? Man, I, I, wanna, I just want to, this week, talking about a movement, okay? There's been some great work done in this city for the kingdom this week, amen? I want to give you two things, and if you've not watched either one, uh, there's a young man by the name of Antonio Benjamin. He, he's in our student ministry, right? And what he's done with his faith is it moved him to declare it in front of hundreds and hundreds of students and teenagers? And if you've not watched that, I'm telling you, he didn't grow. Uh, he didn't. He didn't grow up on the most famous street, right? Doesn't come from from uh, the, the the greatest home situation. And I'm gonna tell you, this movement uh, is moving him. This movement Jesus is doing in his heart has moved him to share the good news with this community. And I'm telling you, I saw dozens and dozens of teenagers give their lives to Christ this past Wednesday night. Amen, that's movement. And then I've been praying because this has also been a sad week for our community. Um, you know, Dylan uh, wrestled for a year. I, I had the opportunity to, to coach him for a little bit if you 're not familiar with Dylan Harrison just a, a horrifically tragic tragic situation but but A, a. j Wright, our student missions pastor this this movement moved him to get up with a boldness that, that is just out of this world boldness and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ at this Funeral And man, out of, out of this horrific situation, we've seen dozens and dozens of people receive new life in Christ right here in the city. That's a movement. That's moving. Right? That's, that's taking what we're getting here and moving into this city. Right? Listen, when the, when the gospel came in Jerusalem in the early goings, it came in Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit fell on believers. And listen, we, we, dust didn't come out of the sky and churches started forming. People got that thing and they went with it. It grew from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to Spain, to, to all these countries. And man, it wasn't like it magically appeared in America, but someone said yes, and they moved. And this movement began here. So I want to bring all this in, okay? And that we're, we're, it's our time in the body of Christ to steward this movement well. Amen? It's our time to steward this movement well. Because heart and soul means connecting people to Christ isn't a message we hear weekly. It's a, it's a message we embrace daily. It's a message we live daily. It's not a, something you hear from me every week. No, it's something that we live out in our context using uh, our gifts. And so I wanna just give you three things that I think hinders us from this movement. And I want you to take this with you, okay? We have to confront fear. But oftentimes it is fear, fear of the what if, fear of losing something. Uh, there is a fear of actually moving in faith, where we seek God. He gives us things He wants us to do. But man, we have to confront fear. The second thing we have to confront laziness. Right? We have to confront laziness with our faith. Man, this is the toughest confrontation because 2020 has taught us to just be lazy. Right, It's taught us that we can be spiritually lazy and we see the effects of that. The third thing, and this is me, man, I'm sitting up under conviction with you. This is what the Holy Spirit's ministering to me. If you've never heard it from a pastor, man, I'm growing in Christ just like you. God's got a lot to teach me. But listen, we have to confront distractions, okay? We have to confront distractions that, where in my life am I distracted from Jesus and his mission? Because I know he has great plans for all of us in here. And the greatest threat in every age as the church continues to move, that the church would cease to be a movement but would become a place with no action. I believe that. All throughout church history, the greatest enemy of the church with going forth in its hell-busting potential It's not that uh, it would just be bad or whatever. No, it's that it would cease to be a movement of people, but it would be a place to go to sit for an hour, to shake hands with the right people, sit around people you don't like that good, but you'll talk about them when you get home and go eat chicken or buffet, your choice, whatever. But listen, the greatest enemy of this movement is that it would cease to be uh, a movement. And so um, my heart, my greatest heart in this, and I share this message is that you would, know, you would know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, man, that, that's my greatest heart for you, right? Uh, but also that you would be effective in the world for Jesus. And I think that's the, the best thing I could do as a pastor, as a leader of uh, a church. Second thing I want you to take with you here. Heart and soul means unity toward a worthy mission. Heart and soul means unity toward a worthy mission, Now, if I'm the young armor bearer, let's go back in verse seven right here. He says, do all that you have in mind for I'm with you heart and soul. Now, if I'm the young armor bearer, if I'm about to go over this Philistine outpost and risk my neck, I better believe in the cause we're going for. You you guys with me in that? Like if I'm about to go over this hill and we're about to be outnumbered, I, I better believe in the cause that's causing me to go risk everything. He was probably very scared. He was probably wasn't very comfortable. But I want, to, I want you to notice something here. He wasn't going alone. Hear that again. As he was going, he wasn't going alone, right? God had called him to the mission, and he had a brother in the trenches with him, right? And so that's what I believe about the church, um, is that heart and soul means unity toward a worthy mission, right? He trusted Jonathan, and he believed in the mission, now, we live in an age where churches are very good at being divided and fighting and just looking horrible to a lost world. Wouldn't you guys agree? Man, man, the church experiences a lot of division of who's who in the church. Man, the carpet should be red. What are you guys thinking? You guys didn't get Charmin in the bathroom. What are you thinking? Nobody laughed at that, man? Okay, well, it's good. Um, I that, yeah, hey, you gotta miss some jokes every now and again. You'll hit some. Some, some won't land. But I say that to say, okay, when when a church is laser focused on a mission, we don't have time to be divided. We just don't have time, right? And I think there's a lot of unity created. See, these two brothers were unified. Why? Because they believed in the mission they had been called to. They believed in it, okay? And so I just wanna share a few things with you. Number one, the kingdom of God has a real enemy. So when we talk about the mission of the church, right? Um, if we, if you know Christ Jesus is Lord, you are a part of the kingdom of God. That means one day me and you, we're going to worship in heaven together, right? If you know Jesus is Lord, if you surrendered your life to Christ, you're, you're going to, you're a kingdom member, right? You, you are in the kingdom. And what we do here is we live in the, what I call the weird in between, right? Like we have God in our heart. We will be with him for all eternity. It's just not yet. Right, Jesus hasn't come back. We haven't passed on. So what we've been given to do is to glorify God and to do work for the kingdom here. Right? So we're kingdom people that are in the weird in between. We haven't gotten there, but God's given us things to do. And so this kingdom has a real enemy. And just like the Philistines were the chief enemy, they were vastly superior weapon-wise. They were vastly superior in this context numbers-wise. Okay, um, We see that, that God is moving his people against this enemy. Okay, Now listen, this is, brings me to the next thing I want you to see. God's people are to battle against our enemy. Right Now the Philistines are their enemy, but this is symbolic of our enemy, which is Satan, sin, and the world right? So if we do not know Christ as Lord, we are under the leadership of Satan and the enemy, right? And what he wants to do is ruin people. The Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's been doing this for thousands of years. He don't take naps, and he's gotten good at it. Our enemy is here to to steal, kill, and destroy. He's here to distract, right? He's here to make you believe something in your life is better than God. He's here to keep you occupied with something that will keep you from true life. It's just what he does, okay? And so what I want you to see here um, is this, is that while God is like there's territory that the enemy has, this outpost over the hill, God sends his people to go take ground, right? God sends his people to go take ground. I have never believed this more than any time in my life, Right, as I see the trajectory of our country, as I see the trajectory of our world, I believe the church is to go and take ground for the kingdom. Now, why not here? Why not us? And I'm just going to be honest with my personality, right? If we're just sitting and playing kumbaya and tapping each other on the back, I'm not going to last very long, right? Man, we're here to go, we're here to take ground, we're here to make some noise. And the question is, man, and I just want to ask you about being heart and soul you're with us. Man, do you want to be where the spiritual action is at? Because I do. I want to be right in the middle of where God's at work. I want to be in the middle of his activity. I want to be a part of that. Because see, here's the reason for the church. Because heart and soul is not about, man, connection's awesome or, or this is awesome. The way they do this is awesome. No, it's about being a part of the church and God's church is awesome. God's church is amazing. And listen, this church exists to glorify God and we exist to push back the kingdom of darkness. We're like, well, how do we do that? When salvation is a time, when disciple made is a time, one leader sent out at a time. Because I want you to know every next step we celebrate, okay? Man, that's, that's, that's the kingdom going forth and the enemy losing ground. Every, every next step. You know, uh, so, so we see that there's a real enemy And what I want you to see is the church is God's weapon. I want you to take that with you. The church is God's weapon. So we see that the enemy is Satan. Sin and death keeps people captive, but God has a weapon to fight this enemy. It is the church. Now let me tell you something here about uh, the church, okay? It is not a place. It is not an hour, right? Obviously, we don't own nothing around here, right? It ain't a place. It's a movement of people. The church is a movement of people. It is people that have said yes. We put our yes on the table. God, I'll go where you tell me to go. I'll do what you tell me to do. This is how the movement continues, right? And the church, I'm telling you, has hell-busting potential because one person saying yes to a movement when when there's a lot of religiousness, right? Way back in Statesboro, this movement now has six churches preaching the gospel faithfully to over 3,000 people every Sunday. Well, that's the kind of potential a church can have when we put our yes on the table that it's not about religion, it's not about me, it's about Jesus and moving the kingdom. God can do much more than you and I could ever ask or imagine according to Ephesians 3, 20, So every salvation, every baptism, every connect group planted, every missionary we send out, every church planter we have, we're taking ground that the enemy stole for God. Hell loses another one, Amen. That's the kind of stuff, that's why we celebrate the way we celebrate. And so the church wields that weapon through sending. The church wields this weapon through sending. I want to read a passage to you in Romans 10, starting in verse 13. So if we have a real enemy, okay, all right, you guys with me? If, if those under the influence of the enemy are, are uh, living in sin and, and, and it's going to breed death, not only death here but eternal death, right? Um, and we have been given the weapon, the church, the church is the weapon to wield God's plan to battle this enemy. Well, how do we do it? I want you to read Romans 10, starting in verse 13. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Lord. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can anyone preach unless they are what everybody with me sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news and right now i don't know where you're going to end up at the end of your life but right now god has sent you and me here to this community we've been sent you might not know it but you've been sent God sent Jonathan and the armor bearer to take their heel. Brother and sister, right here in Dublin, are we gonna take our heel? Are we gonna seize the opportunity to do this ministry right here in the middle of this city in a way that grows and spreads and moves to places that no one would ever believe apart from Jesus Christ having his hand on it? That's the heel. That's what we see, right? And I'm telling you, man, God is sending you into your homes. He's sending you into your places of business. He's sending you onto your social media platforms. He's sending you to your friends, to your family. And one day, hopefully, he's going to send you to plant a new group, maybe be a part of a new church plant. But the thing is, we can't stay here because God's movement moves. That's what it's done. That's what it's about. That's what we see. And so, just to reiterate, we're here to take ground. We're here to saturate this community with the gospel. We want people to come to know Jesus, and that's just what we're about I want to give just to make it a little bit more specific here, and maybe some uh, a little bit more specific of what I feel the Lord has called us to. I want you to read with me Acts two, starting in verse forty-two. Um, this is what it says, and this is the early church. Okay, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That for us that would mean the Bible, right? As I teach it, just the Bible, uh, and to fellowship. That means partnership and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Uh, It says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. It says, all the believers were together. Now That's huge. I want you to write that. You remember, heart and soul means unity toward a worthy cause, a worthy mission. They were together and they had everything in common. It says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. They were radically generous. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, it says, and they enjoyed the favor. Praise to God, enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But I wanna show you, man, and by the way, that's the kind of church I'd wanna be a part of. In fact, the community looked at that church and they said, I want to be a part of that. Man, how many, how many people that aren't in church look at the church and say, nah, that ain't real attractive, brother. This church was attractive, man. They wanted to be a part of Whatever they had going on, they wanted in. Man, they put me in, I'm ready, coach. But I want to show you something in, in, in verse 44 and verse 45. In verse 44, it says um, that they had everything in common. Now listen, this time of year, I'm gonna strap on my boots, man, and I'm doing a lot of hunting, right? That's if you if you want something in common, me from about October to January, I'm gonna do a lot of that on Saturday, right? So we all have different interests. I know many of you that does not enthr- in, in, you know, move you at all. You're like, listen, I'm gonna move towards some pumpkin coffee and watching like Hallmark or something, right? Whatever, whatever's your cup of tea. So how could he say? How could he say that they had everything in common? Because we don't have everything in common. Right? I believe that the, the message he's trying to share here is what brought them a common unity is how big Jesus Christ was in their life that any differences were very, very small. Jesus was such a big part of their life that even their differences um, were, were like not a big deal, right? And so they were, um, they were unified. And one of the things, man, when Carly and I prayed and we, we got sent over here, we were driving around the city talking about a, a church and this, this movement of people, what God was calling us to here, pretty intimidating. A lot of churches, right? Um, uh, you know, we, we knew a few people here. We weren't real sure kind of how it would go. Um, but I began to sit before the Lord and there were two things that I began to experience uh, that I was just not gonna be okay with. And one of the reasons I felt like God sent us here and that's cultural Christianity, that's religious, right? Cultural Christianity and racial division. And man, if we're not gaining ground in these two areas here, I don't think we're winning, right? In a church that is about Jesus, not about who's who, not about um, what you look like, not about where you come from, not about your, your background. No, listen, man, if we wanna see unity and change for the gospel in this city, a city that's undivided, a city that's not at fuss with one another, I'm telling you, if it's going to happen, it will start in the body of Christ. It's going to start in the body of Christ. And I truly believe as it has started and it grows here, it will spill over into the city and bring the change that Jesus said is still available in the gospel. Man, I just believe that. I just believe that. And so as we see that some of the enemies, whether it be race, social status, money, prestige, keeping up with the Joneses, whatever it may be. Okay, When when those things come against the body of Christ, listen, we have to be a people that look at the cause of Christ, that he died in our place and the purpose of Christ, that he's called us to go and share the good news. Right. Keep our eyes focused on the cause of Christ and the purpose of Christ. And some good, that, that man I told you, Brandon, something that he said that's always stuck with me. He said, as you go, always remember, it's easier for the voices inside the church to become louder than the voices outside the church. And that should never be, right? That we're here on mission for uh, a mission. And so there's a lot of unity in a church that's living life on mission. I think that's how this unity comes about. And so I, I wanna just give two challenges right here. If, if you've been coming here for a while, okay? Okay. Um, if, if you've been coming and you're, you're kind of around it, I just want to ask you a question. Are you all in? Are you all in on this mission? Right? Are, are, have you put your yes on the table to this movement? Because it's not about cheering me on, cheering AJ on, cheering one of our staff members on, cheering an elder on. No, it's about us preaching the gospel, locking arm in arm like an armor bearer and cheering each other on towards something bigger than ourselves. Amen? That's what heart and soul looks like right? Maybe it's joining heart and soul, joining a connect group. Maybe some of you, God's been calling you to leadership and maybe with existing members, man. uh, Maybe you've been here and the last time you heard this when we started this thing about five years ago, right? Like, like is it, uh, maybe it's a refresher today and just ask some clarifying questions to move us in the right direction. Ask yourself the question, am I owning the mission? Am I letting someone else carry it out or am I owning it that God's called me to love him, glorify him and live it out? Secondly, uh, are you growing in and through your connect group? Are you inviting others in? Are you growing in it as a believer and are you reaching others and are you looking to go and multiply, right? Are you seeking to make disciples, right? Or do you wanna see people come to faith? Another clarifying question, am I serving passionately? Have I forgotten the why? Right, Because I want to let you know, this is something crazy. Talking about heart and soul. Uh, We have a goal for 80% of our church to serve in the church. And brothers and sisters, we've been on par with that for five years. And that's amazing. That alone in and of itself. We can celebrate that? Yeah, absolutely. So listen. Because see, it's not about us. It's all about Him and the mission. This thing exists because people, a movement, they're moving in faith of what God's calling them to do. And so... I want to finish here, okay? Third thing, take it with you. Heart and soul starts with responding to Jesus. Heart and soul starts with responding to Jesus. I want to point out uh, part of the passage here. Verse six it says that Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine, to the outpost of the uncircumcised men. So remember, they're moving against the enemy, these uncircumcised men. And then he says something, perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. So in other words, and then he says this, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving. Nothing, hear that again. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So he's basically saying, surely the Lord will be with us, or maybe the Lord will be with us. Well, if you skip on down, um, I want you to read verse 14. As they go and charge the hill, as they go and take their next step, as they are afraid of what God's calling them to do in faith, verse 14 says, in the first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. God acted on their behalf. See, they didn't kill those 20 guys. They didn't take that hill. They didn't have victory because they were incredible military leaders. They were strong. One of them was a boy. No, they had victory because God saved them. They had victory because God acted on their behalf. So I want to reiterate something here. This series is not about a motivational talk. This series is not about some great thing going on at Connection. No, this series is about elevating the name of Jesus, hearing the gospel message, and all of us responding accordingly. That's what it's all about. Because if I motivate you to move, I I may motivate you for a week, right? And and that this is not a man-made thing. And I've learned this, I've learned this, okay? That if we're gonna be moved, Jesus has to move in our heart first. That's it, there's no other way. Joining this movement starts with responding to Jesus, right? And so I wanna talk to you about what Jesus has done. See, See, God was on their side, but I want you to know something about us, okay? God is only on our side if we have surrendered our lives to Jesus. If we have a relationship with Jesus, the same God who, who acted on their behalf, who took this heel, he'll act on your behalf. The same God who saved them from an enemy, he'll save your soul from the devil. The same God who we see moving here, he'll save you. He'll move on your behalf. He'll let you see things in your life you thought would never be possible. But it won't happen by your strength, your good, good works, your becoming better, your, your, your motivation today. It will happen through surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But see, here's the problem. It's our sin that separates us from God Right? And because of our sin, we're under the leadership of the enemy, right? And see, what God said is that while we were under the leadership of the enemy, while we were dead in our sin, while the things that you're here today and maybe you're not proud of, maybe the the things you've done your whole life that, man, I don't know why I keep messing up. I don't know why I can't be a good person. I don't know why this keeps happening. And it may be the fact that God's trying to teach you, you can't do it. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to the cross to die in your place. And what he says, if you'll place your faith in me, I'll be on your side. I'll save you exactly where you are. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to come back. And this is an urgent thing because this enemy is very real and he is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy and if we've learned anything in our community, we're not promised tomorrow. we got to be right. Because, man, it's all fun and games until life's over. And, man, we, uh, we must be covered by the blood of Jesus. And then we'll be warmly welcomed into the kingdom. And so I just want to encourage everyone here today, of maybe of all you've heard of, of this movement, man, God's extending the hand to say, to join the movement, man, respond to me. It's not about how good or bad you are, not about what you're gonna do. You need me in your life. You, you need a relationship with Jesus. And man, this week, we've seen dozens and dozens. This movement, hey, heaven got filled up a little more this week. You hear me? Hell lost a few more this week, right? And so if that's you today, listen, you're not alone. God's at work in this city this week. He's empowering his people to do great things. And so I want to encourage you with that. I'm going to pray. We're going to worship Jesus together. Everybody bow your heads. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And I thank you for your word. God, thank you. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you that you do things on our behalf we could never do for ourselves. God, thank you for what you taught us. First Samuel 14 today. And if there's someone here today that you know, man, you're right. Buck, I've never said yes to Jesus. I've never surrendered my life. I don't desire the things of God. I, I, I just don't have a relationship with Jesus. But man, I, I, I sense the Lord saying that I can come. And I, w- I don't want that to be the case, but I, I wanna know Jesus is the Lord. If that's you here today, as we said, faith is movement. It's moving. And in response I just want to ask you, if you'd say yes to Christ today, would you just move your hand up and say, Buck, that's me, unashamed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else? Just an extension of faith to say yes, to say yes to Jesus. Is there anyone else in this place today? Amen. Let's continue to pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for new life in this place. God, I'm just so grateful. Lord, um, I'm just humbled as I'm reminded of all you've done in this church. God, all you've done in this city. God, I'm just in awe of what you've done this week. So Lord, I I pray we would seize this moment. as no doubt your hand is on this city. It's on this community. And many maybe have the story I have that I played religion for a lot of my life. Good gracious. And I played church. Good night, I played it. God, I just came and I sat and I, I kind of did some the, the, the everyday good old boy stuff. And, and Lord, it just, it never satisfied. So Lord, I just have to believe that today you're stirring our hearts, Lord. Stir our hearts for prayer. Stir our hearts for you. God, would you breathe your breath on us? God, as we worship you in spirit and in truth, would you move us? God, whatever you brought to mind in this sermon today, God, would we seize it? Lord, would we move? Whatever that thing is, God, would we move with where you've told us to move? Would we do what you've told us to do? God, would you do that? God, I thank you for those that have come to faith in you this week. I pray you would encourage them. God, as no doubt there's a journey ahead. God, I pray you would breathe on us, Lord. Breathe on your people, Lord. Move your people, Lord. Awaken your people, Lord. God, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Have your way in this place. God, we love you. I pray over this city. I pray over this community. I pray over this church. God, touch us, move us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate new life in this place, man? And if you, you said yes to Christ, we, ha, we just wanna give you a little bit of information. Right here, you'll see a table. Um, Pastor Randy or I will join you over there at the conclusion of the last song. We just wanna get some information to you about your new journey in Christ. And for the rest of us, you'll see on the card, any next step you feel the Lord calling you to take, I just wanna encourage you to move. As always, I love you guys. Uh, be blessed and let's worship Jesus in song. Thanks for tuning in to the Connection Church Dublin Sermon Podcast. We pray that this message stirred your affections for Jesus. We would love for you to subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. For more information about our church and other resources, please visit ConnectionDublin.com.